Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by team reporter and host for the Los Angeles Dodgers, game day reporter and host for the Los Angeles Rams, and NFL Network talent, Kirsten Watson. Kirsten talks about expectations, knowing who you are, and the pride she has in being a young woman of color in her role. This is a very open and candid discussion that you don't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Get My Job podcast. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited today because I am being joined by Kirsten Watson, the team reporter for the Los Angeles Dodgers. As you heard in the intro, game day reporter and host for the Rams, NFL Network talent. She is a Jane of all trades. I'm going to go with that. You are a Jane of all trades. So excited to have you here. And as you guys know, I'm a huge Dodgers fan. So like triply excited to have you here. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Kirsten. Thank you so much. I love it. I'm so excited to be here and to be hanging out with you. I feel like we've constantly been saying like, we need to get coffee. We need to get drinks. So the <laughs> podcast, we're going to start here and then we're going to get coffee and drinks after this. <laughs> and maybe together. Maybe yes. an espresso martini and we'll just get all that all in one, one fill soup. I love it. And actually fun. Here's a fun little story for our, our listeners slash viewers. I obviously have known Kirsten and her work for quite some time. We've had a number of mutual friends. We were at a dog store, yes. both in masks. And like, I don't know, maybe six, six months ago, it was a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I know that woman. And even with the mask on, I was like, are you Kirsten? <laughs> and there we were. And that was like our yeah. first official in-person meeting. Um, so we're also dog lovers, which is Yes, great. the dogs um, bring us together. As That's well they funny. should, because dogs are the best. Uh, so that is that. There's, there are your fun facts. We're going to get to more fun facts later. But first, I would love for Kirsten to take us through your professor, her professional journey. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. Dodgers, so excited. But let's hear about all the wonderful things that got you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I... Um, it's kind of crazy when I look back at just like what the last, what now, like, I don't even know how many years it's been, but just looking <laughs> past on the, my time. And um, so I went to Columbia undergrad mm-hmm. and then right after school, I was debating going to grad school. I had applied to USC, Annenberg, and really moved, wanted to move to LA. That was kind of like top of mind. I was like, I just want to be in California. It just feels like the right place for me. And got into USC, but like maybe two months before school, and I had agreed to go, I was going to get my master's, but like two months before school started, I ended up getting an interview with NFL Network Network as a production assistant for the features team. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, like, let's go through this interview and see what happens. So I do Mm -hmm. it. I ended up getting it, did that for a year. Um, And it was like a seasonal job. So it wasn't a full time. I was still planning to go to grad school once I was done. Um, So I worked the football season. And then right after, this is what's going to bring us back full circle later in life. But like right after, um, Time Warner Sports Network, Time Warner Cable Sportsnet was looking for a production assistant on Backstage Dodgers. Okay. So, yeah, so I did that for um, a couple months and then went to grad school. Didn't end up going to USC, went back to Columbia, went to New York, okay. realized I missed my friends. Of course, I'm indecisive. Sure. My parents were like, <laughs> you need to pick a coast. We're done going back and forth, but it is what it is. Um, so went to Columbia for grad school. When I graduated, got a fellowship at ESPN. So I went there for a little bit, had the Stuart Scott scholarship, um, which was amazing. It allowed me to see different kind of sides of ESPN. I did highlights That's for really SportsCenter, cool. worked with the NFL Live crew, just kind of got to see what day what the day-to-day was like there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. Was going to stay at ESPN, decided that Bristol was not for me. <laughs> so yeah. wanted mm-hmm. to go back to California, of course. Decide. So then I actually ended up getting a job with the NFL but on the international side. Okay. So that's the London games, the Mexico games. We have offices, honestly, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Canada, Mexico, China, Germany. Like it's London, of course. It's, it's insane. It's amazing how... Um, 
just the sport is evolving and there's so many fans globally. So joined that side of it. It was definitely a different role than I was hoping to take coming out of grad school, but I had an incredible boss, still one of my bosses today, who did a little bit of everything. He was in the podcast space. He was the head of NFL International in LA. So he was doing so many different things. And so I was like, you know what, this could be a really cool role to be a part of. And I was very transparent with my long-term goals were. And he was like, you know what, I think you'd be a great fit. Right, and I joined right on in, and I had so much fun. I traveled the world. I, I literally was in London. We were in Mexico City. We were in Germany. It was, it was in Munich and Berlin. It was amazing. We would travel with players and watching them see what it's like to have fans in so many different places. It was, mm-hmm. it was incredible. And at the same time, while I was doing that, um, since I had left. Time Warner became Spectrum while I was gone, they had launched Spectrum News One. And so one of my old bosses from Spectrum was like, hey, you know, we are looking for young reporters. We're trying to figure out some things here. Come in, let's have a meeting and let's kind of figure something out. So I went over there and I was like, hey, like just, you know, a heads up, I do want to stay in sports. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned a lot in grad school and I do feel that I'm ready for, you know, an MMJ role, but I do want to stay on the sports side. And they had already hired their sports reporters. They were like, well, you know, the Lakers side is looking to add some to their team. So why don't you go talk to them? So I had a meeting, did a screen test and going into it, they kind of were like, you know, we didn't think you were really ready for like Lakers just yet, but okay. you kind of surprised us a little bit. So <laughs> let's figure something out, you know? So they mm-hmm. started me, um, so still full-time NFL while doing mm-hmm. this, um, started with South Bay Lakers. So I would go to the NFL in the morning, I'd leave. I told my, my boss was very much, as long as you get your work done here, I have no mm-hmm. issue with it, which is the luckiest thing I've ever had. You know, like I had mm-hmm. such an incredible um, boss and someone who really believed in me and my goals. And so uh, I would go to the NFL in the morning and then I would go over to Spectrum, go into makeup, then go to um, the Lakers practice facilities. That's where South Bay Lakers played. And so it was a whirlwind of days. So I started with South Bay Lakers. Then I joined the Sparks. Then after the Sparks, um, went back to NFL season. While I was in London for the London games, got a call from my boss at Spectrum saying I had been basically called up to the Lakers, <laughs> joined Lakers coverage. Um, once I got back from, I think my first game was like December 1st, if I recall correctly. Okay. And what so year was this? I got called up for Lakers. Um, and then December, so, December 1st of what year? Do you remember? Uh, 2019. Okay. 2019. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Because obviously in that season, 2020 March was when COVID hit. And I was mm-hmm. at the Lakers facilities when the NBA shut down and I will never forget oh. that day. Yeah. So, um, so it was kind of a whirlwind of a year, of course. So then did that. And it's also kind of funny is the, that I think COVID shut down. Yes. NBA shut down on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That Friday I actually was supposed to have like a screen test with the Dodgers, but not for um, my current role for something else that we were doing. Wow. So, and we had to push it back because mm-hmm. well, we ended up pushing it back forever because COVID. So, <laughs> um, but it was just so crazy to think. So at that point in my career was kind of like, especially within just the talent side, it was starting to take off. And so mm-hmm. the NFL was starting to see that and they were like, all right, well, obviously my team was incredibly supportive. Um, but then COVID hit and NBA shut down and baseball shut down and I had job security with the NFL. Um, my job was safe. You were always mm-hmm. going to need uh, marketing and finding ways for fans to connect with players, with the mm-hmm. league, via social media, via content. And that's the side that I was on. So stayed with the NFL. And honestly, that year, you know, a lot happened and more opportunities came up. So I ended up hosting a show for the NFL. Um, it's a Monday night show and it's we cover the entire game. It just goes to like the ESPN for the broadcast and then in every break... Okay. We take it out. So it was me and my co-host, Maurice Jones-Drew. And then we also had Bat Money Smith this past year. Um, so it was really cool because I, it was it's kind of like a mini red zone. I'd say a mini red zone. Uh-huh. So obviously red zone is insane. But it's like it's a very like small version. Uh-huh. Um, just in the sense there's no commercials. So we're constantly talking about the game, giving mm-hmm. live updates, all these different things. Um, so I ended up doing that fall 2020. Okay. And then – What's now where are we? Okay, it's the playoffs. 
We're about to get, we're getting up for Super Bowl on our international team. Uh, there's probably like four of us that was sent to Tampa and I was one of the four that was going to work on the ground in Tampa. Okay. And so I went home to Orlando. That's where I'm from. I went home to Orlando the week before the Super Bowl, just so that I could like see family and then go. Uh, so with COVID I had been right. basically trapped in LA. Um, mm-hmm. And so I got a call from my bosses at Spectrum and they were like, Hey, so this has come up and we are going, we, think this would be a perfect fit for you. So we are going to recommend you to the Dodgers, but it's their decision. You're going to go through the interview process. Um, but we have given them your name. And I know this is going to be a big step and I know this is baseball and I know you're on the Lakers track, but you know what? Sometimes you have to take the risk and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's worth it, you know? Um, so I started the interview process with the Dodgers and it was a whirlwind. And the next thing I knew, I got the job and I was like, this is really happening. But then at the same time, I was like, so this is really exciting, but I have to do this major event, like the Super Bowl this weekend. So we're going <laughs> to yes. have to just like put this on hold for a second because I need to like get through this. And then I have to tie up my loose ends with the NFL and then get ready for baseball season. Um, so they were all, it was, it was definitely a very exciting time, but also just like so much was happening um, at once. And then I did the Super Bowl. I had probably about a month left with the NFL just to kind of close off some of the projects that I was working on and started with the Dodgers, I think two weeks after Super Bowl because spring wow. training was starting. So I had a little bit of overlap um, for probably like the first maybe month, first few weeks. Okay. And then got on a plane to spring training and it was a, and then I was all baseball and it was insane. And so, yeah, so then I did my first baseball season. After that, I joined the Rams as their game day reporter and host. Um, And I have a co-host, Cameron Irwin. So that was a lot of fun to do. It was a different role Mm -hmm. and still did NFL Monday night football in the fall. So for international, um, so yeah, so that is how I got to where I'm at today. And now we're in year two baseball season. <laughs> Which is awesome. And and it's really an incredible story. And there are a few things I want to unpack from it because I mm-hmm. think it's all really important for our listeners, especially our, especially our listeners who want to get into sports, who are just getting into sports. So there's, I'm going to start with something you just said a couple of minutes ago and that your boss has said, like, we know you're on the Lakers track. But sometimes you got to take the risk and sometimes it's worth it. And here in this situation, I would imagine it was very worth it. Yeah. The reason I bring that, that up, and it's something we talk a lot about on this podcast, is a lot of times, especially we're just starting out, we're very tunnel vision on what mm-hmm. we want to do. And this is where we want to go. And yeah. it's so important to be open. And your entire career has been a great lesson in being open. Yeah. And look at all the things that you're doing, which is truly incredible. Uh, but I want to start by talking about being open. And then I have something else I want to talk about, but kind of being open. And was there ever a moment where you thought, well, I don't know, I am on this Lakers track? Or yeah. or were you able to say, well, this is what an opportunity. I can't say No, that. 100%. I mean, look, baseball high level mm-hmm. was not new to me. But right. very detailed baseball was very new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a casual fan. I watched mm-hmm. the playoffs. I, you know, I was kind of your typical casual fan. I thought mm-hmm. I loved the, I loved October baseball. I loved the postseason. It was so much excitement, the energy. I would go to games with my family, with friends, things like that. But, you know, and I knew this team specifically a little bit better just from covering them for backstage Dodgers being a production assistant. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I had a lot to learn. I had a, a lot to dive into and that was it was a challenge and in all of my interviews, I was very transparent with that, but it was something that I think they liked about me is that they could kind of help shape me in a way that of what they wanted the role to look like. So yeah, I just had to learn that I had to be patient with myself because there are so many times, you know, you want to be perfect. You put so much pressure on yourself to take so much information in. And I was learning so much at a very quick pace. And then I also was learning on air. So I am not a very vulnerable person in general. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot for people to kind of peel back the layers. And for me to have to be that person publicly was very challenging. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself. And, um, and, you know, there, I thought this team, there are a lot of expectations for them as players, but there's also a lot of expectations for all of us who are associated with this mm-hmm. team. And I wanted to make sure that I was at that same level. Um, and, and so it was a lot of me putting on me and not. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so 
I'll be honest, there were at first, I was kind of like, is, are we sure I should be taking this job? Are we all on the same page? And it's funny, I had a conversation with my agents and they were like, look, like we are never going to tell you what you can and cannot do or push you in a direction of what we think is best for you. Mm-hmm. But you can't say no to this job. <laughs> so, <laughs> we can't tell you what to do, but we are going to tell you you have to do this. Exactly, exactly. And it was so funny because it, it all came down to, you know, I was doing so much work and pushing so hard to just have that full-time on-air job and was doing all of these different things. I was working full-time at the NFL. I was covering the Lakers. I then had this grand idea to compete in a beauty pageant. So it's like I was doing so, so much that like finally all of the hard work had opened up this door and had opened up this opportunity of everything I had been saying I wanted. And like maybe it wasn't exactly in the in the sport that I had thought that I had kind of was building my career plan for. But it kind of, when it happened and when it broke down, look, this was the Los Angeles Dodgers, mm-hmm. a brand and a team and an organization that is globally known. Mm-hmm. Talent that is so incredible. They had just won the World Series. It was just like, how could I say no to this? And when I looked at the organization, these were men that I was just in awe of the ownership group. It was diverse. There were so many different things that I saw that I was like, wow, like I'm literally going to be covering the best of the best throughout major league baseball. So it was, for me, it was a no brainer. I had to say, I had to say yes. And it, and I understood that when I did say yes, that meant there was a lot to do, not just, I had to learn a lot. I had to build relationships. I had to meet new people. I had to join a new crew. There was so much that was changing. It was COVID. So the first half of the season, I was trapped in a suite and I wasn't able to talk to the players really. Like I had to, I had to build relationships with guys who were like, who is this random girl? Maybe they didn't say all that, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, I I came out of nowhere to a lot of people. And so Mm -hmm. it just was kind of an all of a sudden, um, so yeah, so that first half was incredibly challenging and, you know, you learn when you see when you're in person, when you're doing it oftentimes, especially when you're in a new sport. And so, you know, I wasn't watching the sim games because I wasn't able to see them because of COVID. I wasn't right. able to be around the guys to have just, you know, casual conversation about life, their families, like whatever, like whatever we want to talk about, you know? Um, and, and so that's like the biggest difference this year is I'm around. I get to see everything. I get to see everyone. And, you know, we get to really build those relationships and friendships, which is really nice. And so it's, it's one of those things like last year was, it's a grind. Also like the season, baseball season does not compare to any other sporting season whatsoever. Like even my friends laugh, like my friends who are in basketball, it's probably basketball is like the most similar in the sense Mm -hmm. of like you play a game one night and then you're on the road, you play another game. But even for them, it still happens. My one friend literally was looking at my schedule, and she was like, "Oh wait, so like they have a game like every day?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. every day." <laughs> that's how. And if you're going into October, which this team has yeah. and will, that's you know, that's yes. So it's, it's a lot of games. It is, and then in the postseason, on the off days, they start practicing, which I was like, "Oh, that's new." You know, we oh okay, cool. Because we're going to, so we have an off day today, but no, it's a practice day. We still have a show. Got it. Now I know. Now I'm onto it. <laughs> so that's, a, and, and that's a lot to learn. So I want to go back to a little bit of that. I mean, in your, your, your first season, you're starting with a new team, with a new group of guys. How did you find ways to at least start to develop relationships with guys that you're talking to? You're in a suite and they're on a field. How did you at least kind of start that process of, of getting comfortable with them and having them yeah. getting comfortable with you? It's a good question. Um, it took time. I kind of took the route of I'm going to kind of be patient with it and keep my distance and allow them to feel more comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to be overbearing. I didn't want to be all in their face like, oh, da, 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 talk to me, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of like when we would have an interview, either right before the interview or right after, I would take those th- couple minutes to mm-hmm. just have conversation or mm-hmm. to bring up something maybe I saw on social media and social media today is obviously very beneficial. Mm-hmm. So I could see, you know, they have their wives, their children, family, what are, what's important to them, what their interests mm-hmm. are, if it's music, if it's shoes, if it's whatever the case may be. So I could kind of learn that from social media. And then that would, like when I would have them, especially on headset, mm-hmm. 
maybe like right before the interview, we to break the ice, kind of just bring something up or right after the interview, say something. Usually right after is a little mm-hmm. tricky because like they so naturally just like take off the headset and go. Right. So right before, um, once I was able to like talk to them in person and like be in the dugout and things like that, then it was a little bit easier. Like they would just come and sit down and we could talk about whatever. I would talk right. to the coaches or the training staff, whatever. Um, but at first – I'll be honest, that was very, very challenging. Um, so it is it's tough. But then when I started traveling with the guys, I was just always around. Right. And we had no clubhouse access. So, so literally, we all get on the same buses to go to the stadium. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit in the dugout or I'd like sit in the hallway behind the clubhouse and either they'd come out and we would talk to each other or they would. Mm-hmm. I'd be in the dugout and guys would come out before they go warm up and they sit down and we'll, catch up or I don't talk about anything mm-hmm. um but I I took my time with it I allowed them to kind of like feel comfortable around me and I still do that today I'm not someone who's like I'm probably not going to like sit down to be like hey da, da, da. now I will say like hello good morning that was something that they probably weren't as used to because uh, every time I would see them I'd be like hey good morning how are you yeah. blah 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 and like <laughs> at first I feel like guys were like oh okay Good. All right, we're here. Like, here we <laughs> like even they like tease me sometimes. They're like, "You're just always like so happy," and I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, like, yes, but like, I don't know. I'm also like working, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Um. So it is definitely. But I think I, I am a very like warm and welcoming person, just in mm-hmm. general. Um, and I try to use that. Because it's who I am. And, right. you know, I also, I was an athlete and I understand what they're going through and the challenges mm-hmm. of this day-to-day grind. I mean, there's so much that not only that we expect of ourselves, so I know how much ex- expectation I put on myself, so I can only imagine what they put on themselves as professional athletes. And I know what they're going through and, and I'm seeing it. That's the other thing is like when you see what these players are doing, everything from, you know, their training, then they're doing um their treatment and they're playing, they're doing all these different things. And to see the grind of the schedule, like it's amazing what these athletes do, mm-hmm. like truly, truly amazing. And I think they understand that, you know, I see it, I can appreciate it. And I also think that from their side, they appreciate that. Like we go through the grind with them. We're mm-hmm. on the same buses. We're at the same games. And, you know, granted my, obviously it's very different what I'm doing, but, but like, still, of course, but we're around. And so when they see me reading the note, reading all of the notes, watching, listening, learning, asking questions. And so I think they saw that while they were doing what they were doing, I was taking in a lot of information. And I think that just created a level of respect amongst all of mm-hmm. us. Um, but it, it, it's, it's cool and it's different, but it, it's amazing to kind of, I remember I used to laugh. I'd be like, like one day someone was like, Oh, like, how are you today? And I was like, I'm a little tired. And then I realized I said that out loud and I was like, but like not as tired as you are. Cause like you play and they were laughing. And one of the guys was like, you're allowed to be tired, Kirsten. Like it's a long, well, <laughs> and, it's, and that's, I think the thing, like, yeah, you're allowed to be tired too. And yeah. that I think is the human aspect of relating to people. And so something we talk about on this show and, you know, it's a little bit different as we talk about, like, you know, if you're like a beat reporter or whatever, like developing relationships. Mm-hmm. And so much of developing the relationships is developing a relationship just as yeah. a human, human yes, to human. Exactly. And you're, and most of the time you're not asking for anything or looking for anything. Yeah. You're, you're developing, and you have to be genuine. And that has yes. to be who you are. And I think for your purposes, it's the exact same thing. Like you're developing relations. These are your coworkers. These, these are, are my colleagues. colleagues. Yeah. These, these are your colleagues. And so mm-hmm. it can't, you know, it, it's, I think you're really smart. And I think it's great advice to mm-hmm. kind of let them be comfortable with you as they yeah. get to know you. But there's that fine line of also you have a job to do. Exactly. You need to be able to interview these people. You need to be able yeah. to talk to these people. And so you do need to develop a relationship. And exactly. so I think that's a very fine line of balance. It sounds like you've done a great job with that. And so I hope our listeners are really paying attention. Yeah. Um, and you bring up social media and that's a, a very good point. That's a wonderful yeah. way to learn about these. Some and I things. also would just add as like, from my role specifically, like I work for the team. Yes. And so there also has to be a level of trust. Yeah. Like, there are things when I, since I do travel with the team, there's something that I may like, I may know, or I just may see, but 
I can't necessarily speak on it just yet if the team Mm -hmm. hasn't decided to release something. So it's like, and that's not saying that doesn't take away from the integrity of my job or anything. Not at all. Like, I'm just saying that there is a level of trust that I have to develop with the guys that I'm covering because they need to know that like, I'm trying to figure out the best way of saying this, but they just need to know that, you know, when we do have conversations, yes, of course it's going on TV and it's on broadcast, but they also want to know that they're, they can, there's a relationship and they can feel that, you know, what they say won't be used against them. I, I mm-hmm. guess that might be the way of saying it, but like, um, but I think that's a very important thing to understand. And so it takes time. I mean, it's like any yeah. relationship. And then you have to add, like, we did just go through COVID. So we're all a little socially awkward right now as well. <laughs> very, very good point. But I think that's true. And I, the word trust is the perfect word. There has, yeah. And that that I do believe is true. Mm-hmm. Yes, you work for the team. And so that's an added mm-hmm. level. But I think for those of us that are reporters and yes. are, that are beat reporters and that exactly. are like those who are national general. reporters, mm-hmm. you there has to be a level of trust and a, a, a person has to. And again, that has to be authentic. And it you're an authentic person. You know, yes. it can't be, can't be like, oh, no, you could trust me. Like, no, you really, yes. there has you have to be. Sure and that, that you can trust them. Yeah. And you have to even, and the, in your, I like what you said just in, right there with, you know, for beat reporters as well the guys read what's being written. So if their words are being taken out of context, they're going to know that. And then they're not going to want to speak to you again, because they're going to see that you have taken their words out of context. Uh So you have to make sure, and this is across all levels of journalism. I mean, you want to keep your integrity. You want to make sure that you are reporting on the truth and that you can do that, you know, and the guys will see it. The guys, all athletes will see this men and women. I'm just saying guys, because I primarily work with men, but like, it's it's very interesting to see in even like you can kind of see like guys will react in different ways to different reporters if they feel like you know what I don't they didn't either care for what was written or maybe I shouldn't say that but like they just didn't uh, I guess agree or disagree um okay. so it, it's interesting but I'd say the biggest thing is just you know knowing who you are in this space knowing what you bring to it it's not my job to put anyone in a situation in which they feel uncomfortable or which they feel like they're being tricked or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I just want them to shine, to be honest. I mean, my job is to make them look good. Mm-hmm. Like I work with the Dodgers and yeah. excuse me, in Spectrum Sportsnet LA and we want the fans of the Dodgers to know what these guys are really like. You know, we want them to celebrate them for their highs, support them when they're low, they mm-hmm. to be with them at all times. And so, um, if we can just kind of bring them a little bit closer to who they are, that's what the hope and what the goal is. Um, and that's, it's challenging. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. And, and, and I think it's, it's special when people get to kind of get an inside look of as to who they're cheering for and who they're supporting. Mm-hmm. I think that it connects the fans to the teams, the players to, to know that, you know, I, you often, especially with athletes, I feel like sometimes people forget like they're just like us. You know, we're yeah, all... they are, and yeah. that's, that's true. And that's yeah. something you really do learn as you cover an athlete. Yeah. And um, I remember early my first year um, covering the 49ers, uh, one of the players said something about when he got off work and he was going to have dinner with his family or something. And he was like, yeah, when I get off work and it's funny because my first thought was like, he has another job. (laughs) And then then I was like, Oh, he means this work. But you know, there was that first, I think we don't always think of it that way. You know, we, and this, but this is their job. This is their job. job Is their business. They go to practice, they get treatment, they watch film. That is their job. Mm-hmm. And then when they're done with their job, they go home and live their lives just like yes. the rest of us. Exactly. And so it was a funny, I know it sounds so ridiculous, but I just remember having that like little funny moment of being like, he has a job. And that was what he means. This work, when he's done watching yeah. film, when he's done with treatment, whatever it is. Yes. Um, and I think that sometimes fans can forget that and understandably yeah. so. But I think it's an important thing for all of us to remember that we are all in our place of work. Just mm-hmm. like what I'm saying, these are your colleagues, these yeah. are your coworkers. Um, we are all in our place of work. We are all doing our jobs and exactly. we all want to 
support everyone as best we can. Yeah, support <laughs> and getting, respect everyone. And respect exactly. Everyone. Like, yes. I mean, you think about it. It's like, does my job look like a traditional nine to five? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but but <laughs> it's still a job. job. And it, we just have to... It just looks very different each day, to be honest. <laughs> of course, and, and kind of along those lines, um, baseball, as we talked about earlier, is a very long season and not not a not a ton of tons of days off. Uh, going into this, you had done a number of different things and doing them all at once. I imagine mm-hmm. you found a way to kind of you know balance that all out. But with baseball specifically now, kind of what do you do to avoid burnout? Because it may be a fun job, but it's still a job. Mm-hmm. It's and so it's a, a lot of work and it's probably not easy to do that. And that may not be an easy answer, but I'm just curious if you have certain like non-negotiables or things that you make sure you do for you to avoid. Yeah, no, I am still learning that. I'll be honest. Last year <laughs> I did reach burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I was out for the count to be honest. Totally By the time when we came back from Atlanta, I think that next week I was probably like one of the sickest I've ever been. Like my entire body shut down on me. It was just <laughs> came over for Kirsten for a week straight. <laughs> and then I had to like function like twice a week for football. I'm like, all right, Mondays I can function. And then uh, mm-hmm. Rams were on the road the first, I think two weeks once baseball okay. ended. And then we came back and I had my first Rams game. Um, so I had to, I definitely, I burnt out and there were times where I wasn't really eating as much that I need to be eating to be fully functioning. And so, mm-hmm. uh, like the first half of the season, I dropped a lot of weight and it was incredibly thin and it was just not healthy to be honest. Um, well, and I had to, to adjust. adjust yeah. I had to learn how to, I had to learn how to make my life as just convenient as possible and that is everything from making sure like my dog is walked to making sure that I have meals making sure that I you know dry cleaning is picked up all the little things that like normally you wouldn't really think about they're kind of like oh yeah I'll just pick it up after work whatever but since we're working on like kind of off hours it just mm-hmm. doesn't work that way um right. I learned that my mornings are really valuable to me um because that's the time that I have off if it's mm-hmm. Other than Sunday mornings, I don't have that off because we have to be at the stadium very early after Saturday games. But um, mornings are special to me. And now I'm kind of getting back and working out. And so I actually went to like a workout class with my producer this morning uh, here in Minnesota and Minneapolis. But it's, you, you have to kind of find what works for you. Um, like I know now that like I have to eat either – before I go, if it's a night game, like before I go to the stadium or as soon as I get there, just because if not, like things start to pick up, excuse me, mm-hmm. and get like really crazy. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, we are now, it's nine o'clock and I haven't eaten since this morning. And okay. then I feel lightheaded and I feel like I'm going to faint. I'm like, I still have to do all these interviews and post game. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest, last year I did faint. And so it was like, just, yeah. I had to find other things to make sure that I was keeping myself hydrated and keeping myself, um, fed to be honest um well and so, that's your treatment mm-hmm. like these are the things you need to do to do your job and yes. I think that also can get lost sometimes as a reporter it's like mm-hmm. well we have to cover them and cover them there but in order to do our jobs well there are things we have to take care of we exactly have to, we have to, our treatment or whatever it is yeah no honestly sure. so like I just had to learn um kind of what works for my schedule I always have snacks or protein bars or mm-hmm. literally anything one of my friends told me about these um they look like baby food packs to okay. be honest, which they look crazy but it is but they're little smoothies and like oh, you know great. I'll usually keep them with me and they're for adults and they have protein in them so it's just like I can just grab one and drink it and then at least I'm good to go you know and then I'll have mm-hmm. dinner afterwards or I'll eat dinner um at the stadium just kind of depending on what the game looks like or if I can like sneak off and eat something um but it's little things like that that one it's tricky is no one really tells you these things going into it. You kind of just have to learn on the go. I hope that like when I'm done and someone comes in in this role, like I will make sure to tell them that be like, Mm -hmm. get your routine down as soon as you can. (laughs) Um, But it's, 
those are the those are some of the challenges. And now and it's funny. It's like I have conversations with like my co-host and our broadcast team and my producer and things like that. And we have those conversations and they're like, yeah, like that's the biggest struggle with transitioning into baseball. It's like you really have like you always hear how the guys are in such a routine. Mm-hmm. but it makes sense now. Like at first I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like they're just in a routine, you know? And I'm like, no, like this is like to make sure everything goes as planned. <laughs> and so yeah, now I'm like, here's my routine that I'm working through and figuring out. So it's, um, but it took time. I'll be completely honest. And I'm still trying to figure out, but I would say what keeps me going and from burning out is, you know, I talk to my family it's the other mm-hmm. thing with working in baseball, you don't really see your family that much unless right. they're with you or traveling. And um, so I make sure to like plan time to talk to them and to talk to my friends. Uh, having a dog is great because it gets me out of the house. So I, may, I will make sure to take her on long walks in the mornings. Um, and then just working out is kind of what I'm adding back in now. So I love Pilates for kind of doing that. Um, so yeah. But it's what ex- what is it? I don't know just yet. But we are we are learning day by day. <laughs> but that's all, and that's all you can do. But when guys are first coming to the league, one of the things coaches talk about a lot, and veteran players talk about, is guys learning about how important sleep is, how to take care of their bodies, and things they need to do to eat, and kind of going back to what we said before, because this is a podcast for women who want to be in the industry, yeah. and I just think I want to deliver that and, and drive that home because to take care of our physical and our mental health is really important. It helps us to do our job. So I'm, I really appreciate your candor and honesty about this because I think it's something we don't talk about enough. We it's don't not. think about enough. It, it, it's important. Well, and I would just also add that like, this is a very high anxiety job. Yes, it like, is. I have me and all of my girlfriends in this space. We all got some issues. Like we all talk about it too. And you know, and at first I think, you know, I, I think we all thought we were very alone. Um, Mm -hmm. in it at first and then once one person starts talking about it and then like I remember having conversations with some of my co-hosts and all of a sudden we were all like oh so we're all dealing with this got it got it so Mm -hmm. it's um there's as much as it's an interesting conversation there's a beauty in it not and knowing that you're not alone Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is a career that is incredibly rewarding and exciting and there are moments that you witness in sports history that you're just like wow like you know I was there I felt it I was a part of it Mm -hmm. you know the people that I get to interact with every single day it's incredible I mean I I look at our broadcast crew and the people that I'm surrounded by I look at this team and the names and the guys that I'm working with every single day and it's the Dodgers it's the Rams I was just a part of the Super Bowl champions team like mm-hmm. what <laughs> that's Yeah that's incredible <laughs> it's incredible so it's you know it, it's one of those things that you really you have to take in each moment and there are days where it's hard I can tell you like you will be exhausted, you will be burnt out, but then you just have to remind yourself, you know, there's a reason you work so hard for these moments. And there's also, I mean, people are going to say things on the internet that that's a whole different conversation, but like, as long as it's a lot of work, it's not just the glitz and glam. Like Mm -hmm. honestly, sometimes the only peace I get in my day is sitting in the makeup chair with my eyes closed. And like, that's my moment of peace, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there are, um, it's a lot, but it's, I don't know, it's what I always wanted. And I'm really grateful that, you know, the career that I've had so far and I, it excites me for what's ahead. You know, I, this is where I want to be in this moment. Um, but it, every day my dreams and my goals get bigger and bigger and it's kind of like, well, what's next? I have no idea. But for now I have to remind myself that you have to be in the moment. You have to take in everything that's mm-hmm. happening. You know, this is my first year all year. I'm going to be traveling with this team. So what that's going to be like, I have absolutely no idea. I've only done a half season of travel. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, by the time we got to the end of it, I was like, whew, we did that? Oh, we did that. Got it. We did So now we're going to add a whole half of the season, add 80 games to that, and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Even this morning today, they're like, oh, yeah, Kirsten, when we get to the Haunted Hotel, I said, the Haunted? No. See? But it's like things like that and memories and moments that we're going to get to that, um, you know, it's we're always – all of us are always going to be bonded for these 
for these times and these memories. And that's what makes it fun. And lucky for me, I get to be with one of the best of the best teams. And so mm-hmm. every day I'm like, wow, did yes. y'all see that? <laughs> <laughs> and I just get to hype them up, which I think they appreciate. <laughs> Sounds a lot like my relationship with the Dodgers. Like, did you guys see that? Yeah. Oh my God, they're so good. <laughs> did you see Cody oh, Bell? Kind of and he got hit. I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. Goodness gracious. Yeah, like, no, like, really I get with that. that fast. Wow. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's like, it's amazing. It's fun. It's fun. Um, and it is fun. But you, you said something that I think is important to highlight is still a high anxiety job. Mm-hmm. And that it, I think it's, it's so wonderful uh, when you have other women in the industry that you are close with. And I have that as well. And it really does mm-hmm. make such a difference to be able to talk to people and share those experiences. And you mentioned the internet and you mentioned social media. And I would love to kind of, before I have you take us through a day in the life, which I think will be really fascinating for people, yeah. I'd love to know how you do deal with those trolls and the people on the internet. Are you a person who just ignores it? Do you respond? Do you, does it affect you? Does it not? That's a lot of questions in one, but I think. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, at first it did affect me. It was very mm-hmm. challenging and very hard at first because I do care so much and I try so hard that it was like, I'm doing so much. I'm trying to be honestly perfect and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to achieve the impossible and everyone is telling me that I'm trash basically. Mm -hmm. Um, That's very hard. That's very, very very hard at first. Um, I had to learn to separate it. Um, I personally, with my social media, like I haven't so that you can't say anything negative on my page because that's just what I, those are the boundaries I had to set for myself personally. Um, And once I started gaining more confidence in the role that I'm currently in, because that also took time for me, uh, it was the craziest thing. Like I felt, I've never really been someone who's like wavered with my confidence, but I, I was really challenged at first when I first started this job and I kind of was just like, honestly, like drowning every day. Like, how are we doing this? Um, But something kind of just like clicked one day. And then the next thing I knew, I was like, all right, we got this. We can do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that obviously helped. So then if people said negative things, I was just like, I mean, my check's still clear, you know? Right. Like, I still have my job. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, And I think... That was stupid. Like that kind of was just like a. In the end, like people act like I'm not getting notes every day. Like, right? People are giving me feedback, you know. And I yeah. knew that I was I I was struggling at first. I also was in a very new space and was at a distance from everyone and having to learn so much. And there was so much happening at once. And and I'm not saying that people needed to understand that because they didn't. And that wasn't their job. It's just more of I had to understand that like people were on my side and people were being patient with me. And then it kind of flipped and everyone was like, Oh my God, we love you so much. And I was like, okay, you didn't say that like two weeks ago, but we won't talk about it. Okay. We yeah. You know what? <laughs> At seven, four, five, four, four with an egg is your, <laughs> your profile. Oh, no, that's not what you said five minutes ago, but, okay. but, yeah, that, but I think that is important to acknowledge too, because it just goes yeah. to show it's real easy to be a, uh, toughy on the internet and say mean, awful things to people, which is just disgusting. And I do not know why people, it just seems like a waste of time and energy. But, but to that point, that person may have said something awful two weeks ago. And then two weeks later, you're the best thing that's ever happened to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And and it just shows how you can't listen to any of it. No, you can't. And you can't, you have to just, you have to remind yourself of who you are and what uh you can do and what you bring to the table. And also you have to just have, you surround yourself with supportive people like mm-hmm. my friends, my family, my literal village that allows me to be the person that I am today. My like, there are so many people who are so supportive in my life. And that to me is the most important thing. And like, they're going to be honest with me. I want people to be honest with me. I was an athlete for my entire life. Like if I'm doing something bad, someone needs to tell me, cause that's the only way I'm going to fix it. And mm-hmm. so I have those people in my corner and these are, not necessarily my family. These are my bosses and my direct, like who I'm Mm -hmm. reporting to and things like that, who understand that, you know, we need to change something. We will change something. I also am lucky that like every day I got, I get to learn from some of the greatest people 
Mm-hmm. Joe Davis is our play-by-play guy. Like, what? I get to listen to him and learn from him every single day. Oral Hersheiser would take me into like a corner and just be like, "All right, so like this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Let's break this down. This is what the pitcher's doing." And I would be like, "Wow!" Like, but I was like, "That's, that's who I'm learning from." Like, what? You know, now Eric Karoff is on the trip with us right now, and mm-hmm. learning from him and listening to him, it's just. It's fascinating, to be honest, getting to talk to Dave Roberts, like all of these people that I'm surrounded by, listening to Clayton Kershaw, watching him, like it's insane when you like really look at a higher, like if you just take a step back and see everything, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's incredibly, like it's insane when you think about like when, even when I just like say these names and like, well, this is like unreal that this is happening, but like, I'm also the person that I want to learn. So I listen Uh and I ask questions and I'm taking in all of this information. And now this year, I have all of last year to build off of. So there are some things that happened last year that maybe we didn't talk about. But now this year, I get to bring it back up and be like, you know, it's interesting. Well, last year we saw X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. and then it's coming into play this year or whatever the example is. Um, But it's something that you just have to be patient with yourself. You have to know who you are and you have to understand what you bring and why you are in a certain space. I do believe that we're all in places for a reason. Yes, um, I agree. There's a reason I am with the Dodgers right now, and I'm so grateful for that. And I also recognize that as a woman of color, mm-hmm. working in baseball, working in this space specifically, where there are not many mm-hmm. who look like me in this mm-hmm. space, um, that's a whole other layer to it. And that's a whole other layer of, having to feel like I cannot fail because I can't allow and I can't, I don't ever want someone to feel like they can't do it because I couldn't do it, you know? And that's a, that's a pressure that I have to live with, you know? And then I can't say like, it's just the reality of the life that I live, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that a young girl can see me covering mm-hmm. her favorite baseball team one day and be like, wow, I can have that job. Then I can be like, yes, you you can have this job if you want it. I want you to have this job, you know. And and uh-huh. I think that it's a it's I don't even know how to explain it. It's just when you're one of few, there's just higher pressures and there's a much smaller um, margin of error. And mine is very small, and I recognize that. And so that meant to me which may have just been my own personal pressures putting on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I just always feel like I have to be perfect. And that's just the life that I live is, is it the life that everyone should live? You know, I I hope not. I hope that other young women who come into the space don't have to feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But for now I do it. I take it. And I, it's the life that I live. You know, I, I feel like I don't, Really know the words right now, but no, it's, I think um, that's, that's really well said. And I, do you ever have a feeling of maybe this isn't the right word, but that it's that it's not fair? Like, why shouldn't you get to also make mistakes that everybody that other people get to make? Um, or do you feel that it is a pressure you put on yourself and it helps to make you even better at your job? I mean, I think we all have different ways. Yeah. So. Um, I don't want to say that. It's fair, unfair. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the reality of what it's it just is. reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I don't believe that life is fair in general. Um, it's fair, you're I not think wrong. That, um, but you can't live life feeling that it's not fair. Like the odds are against you. I right. think that you have to live a life in which, as much as I understand. I don't know if power is the right word, but I understand the magnitude of what it is to be a young woman of color as a field reporter or sideline reporter in Major League Baseball. I take that with pride. And I Mm -hmm. take that with pride because I hope that when someone looks at me, they can see themselves in me and they also can see the opportunity that they have in the future. Um, and I don't want them to look at that and be afraid, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I want them to look at it and know, like, wow, you can do that and you can have fun and you can be exactly who you are. And yes, there's going to be challenges and yes, it's going to be hard. But if 
if it's what you want, then you can do it. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And there are times, of course, I'll make a mistake or I'll say something wrong. And then I usually will correct myself on air Mm -hmm. and just be like, oh, like actually X, Y, and Z. Um, But it's, or I mean, look, that's the other thing is, and I also had to learn like with, from some of my coworkers is they'll say something and then they'll kind of just laugh it off and they'll be like, wait, that was wrong. <laughs> like, let's just try that again. <laughs> um, so you kind of have to, uh, and that comes with time. That comes with confidence too. And For like sure. you, you take the pressure off and, um, and sometimes I'm the person who's like, Oh, let me say like, every pitcher's name in the bullpen. And then I realize I'm like, why did I set myself up for that? Yeah. Why did I do that to myself? (laughs) You know? And like afterwards, I'll like be uh, talking on like talk back to my producer. And I'm like, whew, I really put myself through it with all those names today. And he's like, yeah, you did that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Well, especially now with 16 pitchers on the roster, you may want to to do that on this particular thing. I really appreciate um, your candor. In your honesty, because we have so many amazing guests on this podcast and it's just, and everyone, you know, does such a wonderful job with that. But I think the way that you just expressed the things that you're going through and the things that you deal with on a daily basis are just not everybody talks about it in such a candid way. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us because I think it really is helpful to everybody listening. Um, And so that was so thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. That. I'm, um, I'm happy to. And I, I, and I do it in the sense of, you know, I hope that we all go through different things, you know, sure. and, and I hope that everyone can understand that our challenges only make us stronger, you know, and, sure. and every day it's, every day is a grind, if we're being honest. Like it's, um, so yeah, no, I, I just want to add that to it. But um I feel like you wanted to get into what my day-to-day looks like. Is that right? I did. I do want to get into your day-to-day, but I still, but I just first wanted to, to thank you for that. So I do, I'd love to know what your day-to-day looks like, especially, um, I mean, you could give us all that you want, but I think you talked about how mornings are really important to you. So I'd love to kind of hear what that morning routine is like, and then what it's like once you get to the ballpark. Yeah. So I wake up and... I'll get dressed. Not like in my work clothes just yet. I'll right. like usually put on like workout clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, brush my teeth. Then I will take my dog. And then I drink a lot of water. That's something uh-huh. I have to start my morning with. Um, I will take my dog for a long walk. I usually try to take her for like a mile, two miles in the morning. Oh, wonderful. That's like, I've been doing that pretty consistently recently. So I'm very proud of myself for that. That's awesome. Um, and then we'll bring her back, feed her, do a workout. I'll eat like a snack. Then I'll do a workout. Then I'll eat breakfast. Um, then I will go through the notes. So mm-hmm. we get um, we have an incredible guy who does our notes. So we'll go through. I'll go through that. Kind of usually have like the TV playing in the background at the same time. Okay. Um, so during baseball season, it's all MLB Network. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I have also noticed that like baseball coverage on like ESPN usually they're talking about like other things it's just a lot happening Mm -hmm. um so I'll go to MLB Network I'll watch that um then I'll just like have it playing so like I'm listening to like the storylines what's happening um go through the notes then usually I have like an hour to do that while like I'm eating breakfast and kind of just like chilling Mm -hmm. um then I will Get dressed. I have, if it's a home, well, we're talking as if it's a home yeah. game. So yeah. then I have makeup yeah. at the stadium. Okay. Uh, so I'll go to the stadium, get my makeup done. Then usually right when that is done, the clubhouse opens. So then I'll go to the clubhouse. Um, I'll have a one-on-one. So then I'll okay. meet them in the dugout, do an interview, and then we'll go back to the clubhouse to see if other players are talking. Sometimes mm-hmm. I will use that time just to like, talk to guys to get some things that I'm not necessarily like on camera, but just like mm-hmm. have some conversation. Um, then let's see. So then I'll go out for, Oh, then I'll interview Dave. We'll do a, okay. a scrum with Dave Roberts and then BP will start. So the guys will go on the field. We'll watch that. Um, I'll talk to some of the other reporters. I'll talk to our game day, like our crew. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then after that, let's see what happens. Then I'll go do radio. Okay. I'll go do my radio hit. Um, right after radio, I usually have 15 minutes before I'll have to check in for our pregame show. Okay. Check in with audio, do all of that. Then we'll have our hour pregame show in which I'll either have two to three hits in it. Then I'll have the game will start. So then I'll have our my pre-pitch hit. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have whatever hits I have in the game. And then right after the game, if we win, I'll do a walk-off interview on the field. If we lose, I go straight back to the clubhouse. I will do an interview with Dave Roberts, usually either in the manager's office or in the media room. We'll do one okay. in there. And then we'll get sound in the clubhouse. So... So yeah, it's a long day. <laughs> so long I usually day. make up, we'll say we'll start at, if it's a seven o'clock game, I think makeup is at like one or 12, 12 or one. Mm-hmm. So I'm there all day. Game ends at 10, 30, mm-hmm. 11, out of the clubhouse by, mm, let's say 10, 30. And then post game show ends at 11, 30. So that's, that's when we're so yeah so it's a and I think it's important to reiterate why your mornings are so important to you I mean I think that is your time and I exactly I get that well again I want to thank you um for your candor this this really has been awesome and um I don't know it's just I just love talking to you and for some reason it makes me emotional (laughs) because I'm emotional but I just I love it's okay I just I just think when someone really shares you know it's funny because you said early in the show that you have trouble being vulnerable, mm-hmm. but I think on the show you did a really nice job. Thank you. So uh, I'm learning. I'm practicing. I, it's because I'm in well, therapy. My therapist would be so proud of me right now. Well, I, I you're, you want to send this to your therapist because I think it was it was just awesome to listen. And I think as another as a woman in this industry, it's not easy, mm-hmm. and we deal with a lot, and we deal with a lot that men are never going to have to deal with. And that is, yeah. and you said it best. That's just the reality. It's not fair. It's not unfair. It is. And so, you know, to hear you talk about it and talk about, you know, the, the extra part of being a woman of a woman of color. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole other thing that's, you know, that I don't have to deal with. So it's just, I appreciate you being so open and honest about that. Um, of course. I mean, look, I'm the only one who has to show up to the ball, to the field with uh, a full face of makeup on. They don't right. have to do all that. No, they don't, <laughs> no one else has to do that one no thousand do percent. You know, it's funny. And when I do, even when I do the podcast and I ask my male, you know, this, this is uh-huh. female, all women, but you know, on my other show, the Tracy Sandler show, and I ask, are you okay with audio and video? And usually the guys are like, yeah, it's fine. And it's funny because like, they don't have to put on a full face of makeup. <laughs> like if I'm doing audio and video, I got to put makeup on. I had to put, yeah. I worked out this morning and then I was yeah. like, well, now I got to put makeup on. And so it's fine. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I'm just saying it is stuff. It's reality. Little things. It's just reality. Exactly. Um, but before I let you go, I want to do our five fun facts with Kirsten Watson. Ooh, We're going to go through, I'm going to send, give you five questions. Uh, we ask everybody the same five questions and it's fun because we get like so many different answers. So without further ado, five fun facts. I think I just put pen on my face. Five fun facts with Kirsten Watson. And number one, what is your favorite moment in sports? Ooh. Most recently, it's going to have to be the Super Bowl. Just being yeah, part of... The Rams, um, honestly, the NFC Championship, like the confetti falling onto the field, the joy and the players, the excitement, everyone, like that was insane. And then for us to be playing the Super Bowl back at SoFi Stadium, it was incredible. Your life motto. Ooh, let's see. Your life motto. Believe in yourself. I like that. That's a good motto. What is your go-to workout? Pilates. Or spinning. Either one. And Pilates or bar method, but I love Pilates. Uh, what is your go-to coffee order? Not a coffee drinker. Ooh. I am a huge matcha chai person. So when okay. I my go-to is a chai latte with oat milk with a scoop of matcha. So it's like Ooh. a matcha chai. Delicious. Yeah, I might have to check that out. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's a fun drink in our fun facts. And last but not least, a book every woman should read. Hmm. It's a good one. I would say A Year of Yes. Okay. By Shonda Rhimes. And 
I really, mm, let's see, let's see, let's, oh, that's a good one. The Year of Yes is a really good one. And I just read something recently, but of course the name is slipping me. So I can literally steal it. We're going to go with the Year of Yes. All right, the Year of Yes it is. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Kirsten. I so appreciate having you on. This has been awesome. If you guys like what you heard, and I know that you did, Please make sure to leave us a five-star review and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are, we are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.